Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome back to our Triune Pod. Nick and I in our in our respective locations, New York and Austin, after two fun weeks of being together in Austin. Nick, how are things down there? How are you? I'm great, man. I am bummed not to be sitting across the table from you, but as I look out at you on Zoom, you're drinking Huel and life is back to normal. <laughs> it's actually Kachava, Kachava, another free advertisement, but I've, I've moved on from Huel after years of drinking the same uh, food replacement powder. I've moved on to something that might be a tad healthier. We'll see. So oh, okay, I won't have cool. like a, a second head growing out of me. Hey man, treat, treat yourself. That's right. Well, I'm excited for the audio to be a little bit better. The last two weeks, one or the other of us has felt far away. We were dealing with the same mic together, guys, and I don't really know why that was a problem, but we should be like super. Well, it's we'll because be right we, were so, we were socially distanced. That's oh, that's every right. Responsible that's right. person oh, is. and that, yeah. that's a perfect segue for our unrelated. Uh, we don't really have to socially distance anymore, people. Uh, well, that's uh, actually true, but yeah, guys. So, so the CDC, the time of that we're recording this has just said that if you're vaccinated and you're outside and not in a large group, you don't need to wear a mask anymore. Only I've been living that for the past two weeks in Austin because they were already doing that. Now, I don't want to say people in Austin, Texas, because a lot of us Northeasterners would love to be like, oh man, like, of course, because they've been careless. No, I think my experience is the opposite. When we were, whenever we were with large groups or indoors, people were wearing masks. Uh, but unlike New York City, where if you're like 50 feet away from someone and you're outside and you still feel like you have to wear a mask or you're 50 feet away from someone and they are looking at you because you're not, those days are over. Thanks be to God. Well, I mean, we'll see, man. Uh, as the New Testament makes clear, you can be formally dead to the law, but still live under it. So I don't know. Well, oh, no, yeah, so, so today I, uh, I went outside and you know, I wasn't around anyone, wasn't wearing a mask. I got glares left and right because it's of such course. a part of our culture now. Core so, identity all I now, did, And I did say, I did. I, I said like, hey guys, the CDC, just following the CDC. <laughs> I'm trusting the science. Yeah. Oh but, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I was going to say the other big news in New York City is that uh, I, I guess since the pandemic or like a month after, cause it was kind of a free for all here. You could just get like cocktails to go or beer to go. And you're just like publicly drinking and it was fine. Cuomo, our, our governor is under some scrutiny right now. Uh, he, he instituted this law where you had to buy food along with drinks. So people were like giving you chips for a dollar or something like that. But thanks be to God, the same day the CDC has said, you don't have to wear a mask outdoors when you're not with a whole big group. They've also, the New York state legislator has rescinded the Cuomo chips law. So just good news on every front here. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of like to go back. Speaking of drawing theological conclusions from insane fun, pr present tense phenomena, 
Did you hear about the Josh fight? Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 boxer, the YouTube star. <laughs> no, no, oh. no, 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 no. Josh Balio. No, I, I, um, no, dude. This okay. I think when did this happen? This happened. Oh, like uh, over like like last weekend, um, like the last weekend in April. Hundreds of people from all over the country, all named Josh, converged in a park in Nebraska to fight with pool noodles over who is like the ultimate Josh. <laughs> did you hear about this? No. No, it's like it's like it it's like awesome, kind of though. like. Yeah, it's kind of like the January 6th, like cosplay memification thing in real life. Because a bunch of people, like this dude named Josh Swain, who was a college student at University of Arizona in Tucson, like wanted to be crowned the ultimate Josh and then just created this fictitious Josh brawl so that people could like ham it out with pool. Uh, do you not really know about this? No, no. Oh my gosh. Was this I'm not doing a very good job. I was in Austin? And just yeah, not checking yeah. the news? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it was like a Twitter, it was like a Twitter thing. And then, you know, it got reported on by major news outlets. Okay. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Okay, I guess if you don't know what I'm talking about, we're not gonna be able to have an interesting conversation about it. It's just, just this weird, like, I just find that so fascinating when things from the internet jump into present tense, like embodied life. And does that make it more real? Does that make sense? Um, I don't know, you're just looking at me. You're, I'm getting blank. No, I mean, who was the one Josh to rule them all? How did they, it was like a Yeah, well, it was, it, was, it was, yeah, kind of with pool noodles. This four-year-old kid won, this four-year-old Josh. I mean, people <laughs> came from like literally New York City. People came from all over the country, all named Josh. And the winner got crowned uh, with like a Burger King crown. <laughs> I don't know, it's so weird. All right, we can move on. Just cr crazy. New Yorker Josh's came out because they realized they didn't have to wear masks in Nebraska. I, yeah, no. Nah, I'm not nah. anti-mask people, I'm just anti anti-mask when you're 50 feet away from someone and they give you glares that's it yeah i'm mildly anti-mask at this point you know people just need to grow some backbone man <laughs> oh man i hope we didn't lose anybody that said seamless transition to the college of the day so this is the college for the sixth sunday of easter and uh it goes like this oh god you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding Pour into our hearts such love towards you, that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain what you promise, which exceeds all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And after a few weeks of kind of simple and maybe less beautiful colics, we have a whopper, a whammy right here. So Nick, where do you want to take us? Well, let's start with the ascription, the that the truth that we ascribe to God and the address uh, to open it. You have prepared, God has prepared for those who love God such good things as surpass our understanding. Here's my question to you, Ben. Where are you at with the word flourishing? Do you still use it? Have you canceled it? Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm in the cancel corner. Yeah, too I think much. I am too. I think I am too a little bit. I was like, I used it, you like incessantly three years ago and now it becomes just a stand-in for any agit like yeah. any good thing i just say flourishing um okay well that being said we will not use that word miroslav wolf killed it for me but what 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 is he get that he was he wrote a book about it it was kind of like the very tail end of that being like the in the n-word in word the, the, never so. mind <laughs> wait not not that n-word uh the i-n word the i-n word <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we are getting all the rails today <laughs> wow um, yeah okay <laughs> Well, I, okay, that's fair. Um, but the the notion that God has our good in mind and that God prepares for us such good things as surpass our understanding, um, I think is a you know a profoundly comforting, humanizing truth that our future 
is going to be glorious glory that surpasses our understanding. And we connect with God in that new covenant relationship through Jesus Christ, our future, we are on this one way collision with something glorious. Um, that's, this is a great, it's a great gospel truth to begin a prayer. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, in my language, it's just like God has incredible things in store for us that we don't, we have no idea what they are. And a, a lot of, like we talked about eternal life and heaven last week, but in the scriptures, there's, it's, it's usually poetic or it's like this imagery, which is used to show the reader or the hearer, like it's going to be awesome. And sometimes we, we have like Christians who are like, well, the roads we painted with gold and take that literally. But I think what it's really trying to get across is like exactly what this colleague says. You have such good things in store for us that it surpasses our intellect, our understanding. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so I love that, that description. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Okay, uh, moving on. I'm gonna do a little deep dive here about that, which I know very little about, and that is the um, Latin language. So um, the this prayer uses the word love three times. God has prepared such things for those who love Him, um, and then we ask God to pour His love into our hearts, and then we say, "Loving you in all things, and above all things, we may obtain Your promises." Three uses of the word love. I did a little research on this collect. And the first and third uses of the love, which describe love that we have for God, uses a certain, there's two verbs in Latin for love, and I'm not going to try to translate them. One of them is, has as its root, the notion of choice or volition or will. And it's the kind of love that you would have for a good friend um, and where there's a, like there's sacrifice involved. And then the love that God pours into our hearts, that love alone in this collect is the, is amore, you know, which has more of a notion of passion. Um, mm -hmm. and so what we are asking for is that God would pour into our hearts, white, hot, passionate love. You know, that's a Romans five thing. God pours his love into our hearts through the Holy spirit and the fruit of that passionate, emotional love that is the presence of the spirit is this kind of volitional will when the going gets tough, you know, you might, it's, you know, am I a hobby horse about virtue ethics? It's this idea that God pours a passionate love into our hearts. And that passionate love, that emotive love is what produces in us the ability to choose the good and will the good. And in the main and plane of daily life, um, you know, love God in all things and above all things. So experientially, does that resonate with you? The kind of order of loves there, it starts with passion and that passion produces perseverance and character and all that good stuff. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I talk about the gospel as when I pray about the gospel and experientially when I went to that church in Western Pennsylvania and really experienced it, it was like I had been seized by something. Uh, I had been seized by a love and that is what made me want to start tithing for the first time or just like serving. And uh, yeah, so I completely resonate with that. And I, I just, I love the, because that first line by itself, uh, you know, these incredible things that the Lord has in store for us that surpass our understanding. It's for those of us who love God. Uh, so that could be, you know, bad news because sometimes I don't really love God so much. Uh, but then in that very next line or our ask, it's pour into our hearts this love toward you. Uh, so we're admitting like, okay, these great things that you have in store are for those who love you. So pour that love into our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. that Augustine, like command what you will, but give 
which you command. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the logic. God, you have prepared wonderful things for those who esteem you in the, in all things, not just good things and all things that, you know, but God, in order for me to esteem you and to choose you in the ups and downs of life, I need the white hot passionate love that is the fruit of the spirit because left to my own devices, I'm not going to choose and esteem the good thing. I need grace to do that. So there's a lot of like, I mean, this is like a Thomas Kramer, you know, Ashley Knoll, you know, what the heart loves, the will chooses, and then the mind justifies. It really does start at the center of our being. And what we need is this power of a, of a new affection, you know, to be seized by the power of a great affection. Um, I think I've heard Tim Keller call it the expulsive power of a new affection. It like expels that, which is not good for us. Um, and it produces in us a desire for that, which is good. Um, yeah, the only other thing I really want to reflect on is is the language of loving God in all things and above all things. And you know, the um, this is something that I've really gotten from our more reformed brothers and sisters. We talked a little bit about providence in early, previous episodes, but there is something that is indeed very attractive about people who are able to practice what I've heard described as Ignatian indifference, uh, you know, when, when life gets really hard and it's not a stoicism that kind of glories in detachment, but it is the ability to absorb even the inevitable downturns of life and not be thrown off our trajectory and be able to like maintain a degree of poise and faithfulness. Um, that is, you know, one of the most attractive things, virtues, I think that Christians can practice and, um, asking for the Holy spirit to make that possible feels like a very real important prayer. Yeah. And I, I, I love the, the image in this prayer of it's as if our cups are running over with love. Christ has poured is pouring this love into us. Uh, like you said, our passion gets red hot and it just overflows. It's overwhelmed. And that, yeah, that just kind of connected in my mind with what you were saying and and again like there at the end of this prayer it's it's so good so he has incredible things in store for us things which exceed all that we can desire exceeds all that we can desire i don't even know what that means i I desire a lot um but yeah i mean last week we talked about eternal life we talked about a little bit about heaven uh what heaven is like knowing god and the difference between talking about god and experiencing god uh, and yeah, experiencing God exceeding all that we can desire, experiencing God being being given these good things that surpass our understanding. Uh, that just sounds incredible and wonderful. And maybe at times like at that church where I just felt seized by the gospel, I experienced an inbreaking of that love. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait for more of that. I can't wait indeed. Um, all right, let me close with... Uh... Paul Zoll's description and reflection on this final, the final phrase, um, that we may obtain your promises, God, which exceed all that we can desire. Here's what he says. But the fruit of loving God in all things is according to the prayer, the obtaining of promises. And the promises are so good that they exceed all that we can desire. God is therefore not only love and to be loved, but he is good. The collect is unconditional. It leaves no room for human bargaining, exemptions, or intellectual escape clauses. His love surpasses all of our understanding, causes us to love him in all things, and results in more than 
all that we can desire. This is the pummeling clarity of prayer book religion. Thank you, PC. Oh God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. How about that episode of our Triune Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.